By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 1071, you are listening to BS in the Morning. I am Brad, he is Shelly, and together we are at the BS in the Morning Trimalcast. On KSLQ 104.5, Westplex 1071, and of course, AM 1350 KRAP. So, Brad, how are you today? So, Brad some days and I got you're the pigeon, and some the other days day. you're the statue. It's just life. What would you say? Some days you're the pigeon, and some days you're the statue. It's just life. Yes, and it is just life, and that is true. But now he won't play any drops that, that he's collected over the past couple years that involve me. Um, yeah, so I don't even know what to say about that. You're correct. I won't do it. I got my hand slapped, so... You know, just like you when... always get your hand slapped, and that never stops you. Yeah, but with you, it hurts. That's not true. Oh my God, I still have the welts. Matter of fact, I had to go to the hospital after you slapped my hand. It was terrible. It's terrible. Did I did I wreck your knuckles? No, you you twisted my met, my metatarsals. Excuse me, my metacarpals. Tarsals are in your feet. You did that too. You stepped on my toes. So, are you like dating a nurse lately? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just have to know. No, why? Why? Because because you you phalanges. Well, metatarsal. I I you know one of the worthless things I took in high school. I took health, you know, and I remember all this stuff. See, you know, I have this weird memory of like, for example, I'll never forget a gumishua. A what? Gumishua. It's 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 my favorite uh, saying in Russian, Russian in German. Ich bin eine Gummischuhe. Uh, I am a rubber boot. Yes, ma'am. You are correct. I'm a rubber boot. When when I used to take my kids, <laughs> we used to go to like Disney World to go to Epcot, and we go, you know, like all the various nations. We go into to Germany, and I, you know, I'd walk in, and my kids would be there, and I go, what, you know, first year I did this, my kids were blown away. Wie geht's? Wie geht's dir? Which means hi. How are you doing? You know, and and then we go gut. You know, and they would, you know, respond back. And, they, you know, they'd ask me how I was doing, you know. And I would say, ich bin kronk in dem Kopf, which is, I'm sick in the head. <laughs> and then they started like, they'd look at me. That's funny how you would know that. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And then I snorted. And then, and then, and then they would say something else. And I said, ich bin eine Gummischuhe. And they would, like, most of them would look at each other and they go, Gummischuhe? You know, you, uh, you uh, was it you 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 been gumishoe or something like that? Like no no, you are a gumishoe. Yeah, you know, yeah, ich bin eine gumishoe. And my kids would go, well, dad can speak German. <laughs> He's bilingual. He's so cool. <laughs> and, and then the first time I did it, I said, and they go, what did you say? I said, well, they asked me how I was doing. I said I was sick in the head. And my my and my daughter went, no. <laughs> or whatever. I can't remember. <laughs> probably mortified her. Yeah, but see, we had a... See, here's the thing. When I went to school, in high school, we had a kid who was actually from Germany in our class. He was in our gym class. 
and it was sort of weird. This is back in the day. Uh, his father was uh, part of the German government, and they were here because uh, McDonnell Douglas was building F-4s for the German Air Force. You didn't even know they had an Air Force, but they do. They, had a, they were building F-4s for the German Air Force, and he was part of the liaison team that was uh, you know, working on the purchasing and the shipment of the completed F-4s into Germany. So he was this kid who born and raised in Germany, and he told us, he taught us all the, all the great sayings. Like, for, for example, Willst du Zubetzlig? Let me try that again. Willst du One more time. Willst du Zubetzlig mit mir? I have no idea. Good. I- idea. I won't tell you that, that one, that mean, what that one's mean. That, that, one, that, one, that one will remain you know, not, not said. So. Forever in the archives of Brad's mind? <laughs> well, no. It's just one of these things he told us. He taught us how to cuss in German and you know, all sorts of weird stuff. Now, that's a friend. And he taught us slang. You know, I mean, like, for example, you come in the United States, and if you don't speak English, you learn to speak very proper English. Well, nobody speaks proper English. You know what I mean? Like, when you go to, no, out, we don't. When you go out to lunch with somebody, you don't say, Hi, how are you doing today? Is everything going okay? How is your sister? How is your mother? You know, that's how you learn foreign languages. You know, like the yeah. stupid... Co- what we say is, what's up? <laughs> right. Or like, <laughs> or like, or like or all, the, all, all the urban dictionary <laughs> stuff that we talk about. You know, all the, all the phrases that like aren't in the regular dictionary, but they're in the urban dictionary are like, for example, if you work in an industry... Like, there's things, you know, like you and I talk about the various languages that people have when they work in industries. Like, we, you know, you work for the FAA. There's all sorts of acronyms. You know, there's, there's what, what, ATAC or, or what is it? What is it? VORTAC or what is it? What is it? The VORs. And, VOR, which is a VOR. It's a VOR. Right. Yes. And, and there's the RNAV and all that kind of stuff. You yes, know? there's the, the glide slope, the localizer. Yeah. The... Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the glide slope you can sort of figure out because that's, you know, sort of plain English. RDS. But yeah, right. All the different stuff that nobody understands. Like in our in our business, like it, you know, you talk about you talk about bumps and stop sets and and SWR on an, on antennas and and Vizwar. you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. TXRX. Right, right. You know, and 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 people. Potato, and, potato. Right, right. So, so that was my thing in 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 Germany. I mean, in, in German class. And I know one German phrase. What's and that? I, it's not even a phrase. It's just something I picked up, and I don't even know what it means. What is it? Das Boots. The boot. Or the boat. That, that's the boat. Boot, boot is, is a boat. Because there's a movie out like that by name. It's Das Boot. That's why you know that. No, I didn't know there was a movie out there. I thought I was just being cool. No, that's a movie. Uh, it's it's like a... I can't remember. It's It's, you know... Once again, it's a movie I never saw. You know, as in most movies, you always say, did you see so-and-so? Nope, never saw it. I did. I, the other day, I had somebody say to me, there's been, here we go again. There's been, and this one may be the true, the situation. I was reading just this just yesterday. You know, the Jimmy Hoffa thing. If you don't know who Jimmy Hoffa is, for youngsters out in the audience, Jimmy Hoffa was the head of the Teamsters Union, and he disappeared Literally never being seen from again. Went to lunch with somebody and never was seen again. And there's all these different theories from of what Tommy happened Tito's. to him. Right. There's always di- different theories. Now there's one that's come out. Fox News is working on this. They have an investigative team. And this one looks like it may pan out because even the, the FBI supposedly has issued a search warrant. They claim a guy who, who was the son of one of, uh, and he died two or three years ago. He was like 63 when he died two or three years ago. So he would have been like 66 now. His father was one of the guys that supposedly helped uh, 
supposedly he was he was murdered in this is what the story is he was murdered in Detroit they stuck him in a 55 gallon drum shipped him in a truck to someplace in New Jersey and he's buried right off one of the interstates the Skyline Expressway or something like that and what the guy said was he said that that they dug up they got an excavator they dug about 15 feet down they threw the 55 gallon drum with him in it and then they put a bunch of 55 gallon drums on top of it and they covered it back up so what they did was uh, fox news and a couple other people are doing this investigative they hired this company that does ground penetrating radar you know where they can like find things underground and which is so fascinating and they came back and they go yep there's oil drums there's 55 gallon drums down there so so where the where he said these drums were they found them i mean i mean you know, li- you know they're they're like nine not 100% sure but they said that the radar is coming back showing large circular metal uh you know and at this point in time they're probably you know most of them probably rusted to a certain extent so they're not in perfect condition so i don't know when they're going to do this so supposedly they're going to file the search warrant on this piece of property they're going to dig it up and look at these drums and it could be nothing or it could be jimmy hoffa you know, isn't that weird? They said he was buried in one of the football stadiums. Then they said he was, he was you know, put into concrete. So, once again, what I this... Don't, I mean, if they really didn't want the man found, he, they should have put him in concrete. Well... And made him part of the bridge. Well, you know, it's sort of sad. You know, but yet, the reason I bring this up is now, all of a sudden, everybody's going like, Oh, i got to watch The Godfather again. Because it brings up all the crazy, weird stuff that happened in The Godfather, where they're, you know, rubbing out people. And once again, I've never seen any of the movies. Never seen any of them. You know, I mean, how weird is that? And people talk it's about it's actually really good. Well, well, but once again, I don't. You know, I I will I will sit there and I will be disappointed. It's because it's not a rom com. No, I'll be disappointed because it's 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 a stupid. I'll be disappointed because it's. I'll just be disappointed. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, it's if if I saw it, I go like, oh, it's okay, it's the Godfather. Whoa, whoa. I told you. I mean, and and all I need to know about the Godfather, I can watch it on YouTube because I can watch the good parts on YouTube. That's the great part of YouTube. YouTube is like is like movies for ADD people because you only you know there's all these people. Like for example, there's this movie I wanted to go see called I think it's called Peppermint, and it has uh, what's her name in it. She's she does one of the she's on one of the commercials all the time. I can't remember her name. Anyway, it's a story about. Uh, she's this woman that that uh, I don't know. She gets involved with these underworld guys or something like that, and they end up killing her, her two kids, and then wounding. Uh, or, or they didn't kill her; they killed her husband, her two kids, and and severely injured her. And so she, you know, becomes, you know, gets back in shape again and disappears. Goes, you know, goes off the radar, disappears in like Europe, and nobody knows where she's at. Well, she's going to train to come back and kill all these people that killed her husband and her two her two kids. And once again, I wanted to go see the movie. I could care less now because there's there's a, a video on every exciting scene in the movie. You know how like most of these movies, action movies, there's always boring scenes. There's love scenes. Hey, honey, I love you. You know, don't go out and kill those people. I have to go do it. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, it's the boring parts. I mean, it's just like, it's like eight minutes long and it's like, it's like watching, to me, it's like, it's like, I can watch a football game, and people talk about this all the time. If you take the average football game and you cut out all the timeouts and all the time where the clock's running and they're not doing anything, they're in the huddle and things like that, I think the average football game is like 12 minutes long. So you can watch these like these synopsis versions of football games where you can see every play in a football game in 12 minutes. Why spend three hours watching a football game when you can watch the whole stupid thing in 12 minutes, right? 
Is that what you believe? Well, you see, life's short, you know? I mean, I mean, and not only that, I think that what we've Your done... Your short attention span? Is that what you were going to say? Well, no, but, but it's to the point where I think everything's changed with the, you know... As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about this. Next hour, I heard when I was driving... Matter of fact, I was driving to meet you. We had our meeting at 10.30 yesterday morning. I was driving to meet you. I had a one of those moments where I heard a guy on the radio who made so much sense. It just blew me away. I'm going like Clearly he was not listening to our show. No, 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 no. You know who you know who Mike Rowe is? Mike Rowe is the dirty jobs guy. Remember that show? Yes, okay. I do okay. know who he's he got, is, yes. He's got that big great big deep beautiful voice. Yeah. Okay. He's become like a spokesperson. First off, or, I agree. With, oh, well, first off, he says, "Why go to college when you can, you know, go to a trade school and get a job welding for hundred thousand dollars a year?" You know, I mean, he's he's become a champion of the working man and woman. He's essentially saying, "Look, the," and that's what the whole dirty job show was about. The people that do these, you know, not so nice jobs, but they get paid real well. And maybe sometimes they don't get paid real well. But he said something yesterday, and I'm going to talk about it in the seven o'clock hour. And I know you are going to roll your eyes when I talk about this because and you think so? Every single school teacher who listens to this show is going to just, you know, take the radio and pull out of their dash and throw it on the highway because when I get done telling what he said, and he didn't talk specifically about school uh, uh, teachers, but it made so much sense. And even to the point after he made this this little speech, uh, you know, on one on one of stations yesterday. I went over and took a picture of a monument about something he talked about right here in the St. Louis area. I drove specifically to a spot, got my phone out, took a picture of this monument, and I have it in my phone. And I will tell you what that is next hour because he talked about this specific thing, and and I've talked about it before. And when he said it, it made so much sense. He said it much better than I could ever say it. And it was just one of those moments like, I get it. And he said the problem with this entire country comes down to two two words. Two words. And he was exactly right. And I'll tell you what those two words are next hour. It was fascinating. I mean, he's an interesting guy to begin with because, you know, and you know supposedly, and there was something else that came out about him. He used to be an opera singer. Really? Yes. And supposedly he's Mike got... Mike Rowe? Mike Rowe. And here's what's weird He's got a new song coming out with John Rich, you know, like Big and Rich, you know, the, you know, uh, okay, right yeah, a how, yeah. you know, John Rich and him and they've got this new Christmas song coming out that they claim that he sings on John Rich and Mike Rowe and it's called Santa Does the Dirty Work or something like that. Some And they claim it's going to replace Mama, uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer because they say oh, it's cute. it's so funny, and it talks about or, or and it has something to do with the reason Mike Rose on it has something to do with dirty jobs and essentially Santa has a dirty job, and that's what the song's about and it talks about Santa's dirty jobs. You know, you think about it. You know, I mean, you know, the myth was when you and I were born, you know, grown up, we were taught that Santa came down the the, the chimney. Well, guess what? The chimney's dirty. Dirty job coming down that chimney, right? It is, okay. but somebody's got to do it. Right. We got to take a break. That's that's like the show. It's a crappy show, but somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs>
The show about nothing. <laughs> right. And it's on. <laughs> Once again, yesterday, <sighs> I someone in the broadcasting business, I filled out a form and I put the call letters of crap. And the person emailed me back and go, no, what's your real call letters? I go, my real call letters are crap, K-R-A-P. And they sent me back, no, seriously, what are your call letters? Look it up on the FCC database. Those are our call letters. And they were like, you know. Uh, and what happened? They finally believed me. Huh. Okay. Bizarre, okay, it's 6. What time is that? I can't see my clock here. 6.34. 6.34. Your head. Okay, it's 6.34. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. Westplex 107.1, 104.5 KSLQ and 1350 Crap. I love that song. Martin Garrix and Macklemore. Summer days. Fond memories of the summer past and fond a hope of the summer to come, right? Yes. <laughs> Tough questions I ask, right? Hey, by the way, do you have our bell? What? Do you have, do you have the bell? This that's our official Salvation Army bell that Shelly stole all my bells, including my brass bell. Yes, I've got brass balls. <laughs> brass bells. <laughs> I think that you should use that as a drop. No, I have brass bells and and, um, and and a crystal bell. You still have my crystal bell, right? I do. Okay, I guess she stole all my bells. Anyway, you have several crystal balls. Bells. Sorry. Now you got me doing it. They're fragile. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which they are. Anyway. Bring it back. <laughs> anyway. Uh, register to ring.com. That's the web address. Salvation Army people, they are out there. The Salvation Army volunteers, they are out there. They are helping raise money for what I think is an excellent organization, the Salvation Army. I know some people don't like it, but that's like everything. The most famous man in the world is Jesus Christ. Not everybody likes him. Most people do. That's just the way things are, right? So it's a great organization. They do great things for people. And once again, you could be saying, eh, I'll never need them. You never know. One day, things could change in your life, and you could be reliant upon an organization like for the Salvation Army to house you, to feed you. Talk to the people who run the shelters. They will tell you the stories. People who had, like, especially in the last 10, 12 years, all the crazy economic you know, downturns we've had, People who are doing well, all of a sudden, husband, wife, both lose their job. House gets foreclosed on. They have no place to go. Salvation Army is there for them. Salvation Army is there with, with a food kitchen, with food pantry, all sorts of things like that. They make a lot of the money that they use every year, this time in the season, by you putting money in the kettle. So, And we need people to ring those bells. That's why we have Register to Ring. Three different options on there. If you go on there right now, it's a real pretty easy website. One of them is you can ring bells yourself. One of them is you can ring bells in a group. You can get like a group of people. Like let's say you have a bunch of people that like in your certain club or people that you work with, something like that. Or you can ring virtually, which is something they're doing new. You know, everything is going virtual. Uh, but the real meat and potatoes of the bell ringing season is people getting out there ringing the bells at the Wally Worlds, the Schnooks, the Deerbergs, there's places like that. And please register to ring. Register to ring.com. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about last night. We'll talk about it next hour, okay? 
Shelly and I attended an event, which I thought was fascinating. And can I can I tell you something? I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Well, can I tell you something? Sure. It was at the Mormon Church. I guess that's in Lake St. Louis, right? And it's, it's, yeah. It's, the, okay. The the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints. Right. I have to tell you, I have known quite a few Mormons in my life, and they are almost always the most welcoming, nice people. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, they are. I mean, I mean, I walk in the door last night. I got people that I have no idea who they are. Hey, we're so happy you're here. Coming in and shaking my hand. And, you know, hey, thank you for coming. And when I left, I got people, hey, thank you so much. Like people that, like, you know, that I just spent a night at their house and they just cooked me dinner kind of stuff. You I know. know they, they <laughs> The hospitality was just yeah. amazing. And, and I have known, obviously we know. Caleb Hunter, I know several other Mormons. Matter of fact, I work with several Mormons. I've always been fascinated by the Mormon church. My dad, at one point in time, when my, a stupid story, not a stupid story, my dad didn't know anything about his father. My father's father, uh, which would be my grandfather, but my father's father, uh, left him when he was two years old. And here's the bizarre story. I've told it before. It's sort of weird. It's almost like a movie kind of thing. My dad is like 34 years old, working as an engineer in downtown St. Louis. Uh, the receptionist comes running back to his office. Lee, Lee, some guy just came to the front desk and with a very thick German accent and wanted to know if you worked here. And I told him you did. And he said, go hey, tell, tell, tell him his father's in, in city hospital, number one, number two, one, number one, number two. They used to label him back in the day. And he wants to see him. He's dying. So my dad's like, well, this is sort of weird. So my dad you know, goes down to the hospital, goes to the information desk. Yes, he's in room 3502. Goes up, there's his father. Two hours later, he dies. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like bizarre, weird his stuff. His daddy waited for him. I guess that's what it was. Anyway, Absolutely. the that's reason exactly I mention that is was. my dad was fascinated with what happened where his father came from. So my dad got into the genealogy thing, which the Mormons are huge into. And he went to uh, Utah and went to, uh, you know, uh, uh, various places in Utah the big places the Mormon church has in Utah, and he did all sorts of research because they have this huge genealogical, is that how you pronounce it, genealogical database. Yes. Now you got Ancestry.com and stuff like that. But back in the day, that's how you did it. So uh-huh. anyway, um, and once again, if you, and, and that was interesting. We'll talk about this next hour, about the history of the Mormons in Missouri because that is a huge part of the Mormon church. Yes, how, it how is. they were almost annihilated in Missouri. <laughs> there yes, they were. <laughs> orders by the governor to kill. Am I kidding? He talked about no. it again. I knew this story. The governor of Missouri ordered the the Mormons killed, right? Yes, killed. I mean, not not exterminated. <laughs> exterminated. You know, they were going. We don't like these Mormons. Just go kill them all. Okay, yeah. let's think about that for a minute. You know, that's sort of weird when you think. Nowadays, you you know, if you touch somebody the wrong way, you're in court. You know, he touched me the wrong way because I'm Catholic and he's Jewish. You know, it's all this weird stuff. Like, I'm black and he's white. I'm Asian and he's, he's, he's Puerto Rican. You know, it's all this, okay, whatever. You know, I get so sick and tired of this. We'll talk about what is now being called the Kyle trial. Have you heard this now? That's the new phrase. The, the Kyle trial? Yes, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. They're calling it the Kyle, oh, the Kyle yeah. trial, which yesterday, fascinating thing that happened yesterday. Fascinating thing. And not only that, you hear this bizarre story about NBC getting kicked out of the trial? 
No. Yes, NBC got kicked out of the trial. The judge. Why? Threw, oh, well, I'll tell that story now. The judge threw him out. I'm going like, okay, this isn't looking good for NBC. You know, first were off, they being mouthy? No, I tell you the story. They claim it. They claim it's not what it appears to be. But the judge essentially said, I don't care. You know, essentially, he says horseshoes and hand grenades. Close. You know, close count. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know, got I mean, it. I don't care if you what you were telling me was the real case. You got too close to violating a very strict order of the court, and you're out. So, you know, bang, they're gone. Anyway, we'll talk about the next hour. But don't forget to register to ring.com. I'll bring it back again. And tonight, we'll talk about that next hour as well, uh, as well too. Tonight is the official Tree of Lights uh, event uh, at the Darden Prairie City Hall. Uh, starts at 6.30, great event. you got kids, Santa will be there. There's coffee, there's hot chocolate, there's cookies. Uh, there'll be some children's choirs singing. Uh, and boy, weren't, the, weren't those women last night amazing? The women oh, sang. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. It was just beautiful. We'll tell you what we're talking about coming up. 6.47. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. What'd you say? Westplex 1071. Hey, don't forget, uh, I was going to f- remind you of something. I just forgot. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I st- the we, one I'm not supposed to forget? You we, forgot? We did Registered Ring, right? We talked about that. We did RegisteredRing.com. Um, something else I want to talk about. Oh, no, we'll talk about that next hour. Um, we'll talk about uh, where we were last night, a couple other different things. Um, oh, I know what I want to talk about. The terrible thing that happened in South County yesterday with the MoDOT guys getting killed. Actually, it was a MoDOT guy and a gal. You know about this? Oh, the MoDOT accident? Yeah, gosh, that's, you know, I mean, when you think about it, those guys and gals, in this case, it was three MoDOT workers were killed, I mean, three hit, Two killed, a man and a woman, and I think the third one who was injured, severely injured, was a man. They passed... The the, the woman was pregnant. Really? Yes. Oh, my God, that's horrible. They passed... Yeah, that's what I read. They passed a law several years ago about... They did. About... Lose your license. Well, I mean, the idea being that if you come on any kind of, like, a police officer on the shoulder, construction truck, you know, repair truck, tow truck, you're supposed to move over a lane or at least slow down, okay? Right. I don't know how many times I have done this. And once again, Shelly makes fun of me because yesterday we went someplace and she tells me that I drive slow, but I got that before she did. We left one place, went to another place. I went a different (laughs) direction, Brad. You were were driving 40 miles an hour in the interstate and I was driving 60. Okay, anyway. I was not driving 40 on the interstate. There's a law that says you're supposed to pull over when you see a you know, emergency vehicle, police car, whatever, on the shoulder, like mainly on interstates where you got a lane to pull over in. I don't know how many times this has happened to me where I'm driving along in, you know, in my right lane, which I normally try to stay in, and I'm doing speed limit, speed limit plus five. I see an emergency vehicle up ahead. I move over to my left lane, one lane over, and a guy passes me on the right. You know, I mean, comes right by me and, like, zips past in the right lane right next to the police officer to, you know, whoever, that kind of thing. I'm going like... Okay. Because you were driving 
No, 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 no. What, no, what I'm saying is they passed me. I move over lane to observe the fact that there's an emergency vehicle on the right shoulder, and they pass me on the right side, which they shouldn't be doing on the anyway, because if, if you take driver's ed, you're not supposed to pass on the right side. Even right. if like if it's a multi-lane highway, you're still not supposed to pass on the right side. You're supposed to pass on the left. And uh, you know, like you're not supposed to, you know, pass people on the right. It's just one of those stupid things. Anyway, um, this was a, and they're saying. I mean, it sounds sort of weird because they're saying the driver, they had some, they had an area coned off, and the driver just wrote, drove right through the cones and hit these three people. I'm going like, damn. I mean, and when you think about it, when you're out there, especially like the, the highway workers, especially like the police, when they're doing traffic stops, they're standing at your window, and there's cars whizzing by at, you know, I know. it's 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, literally sometimes a foot or two feet away from them. And trust me, I've been broken down on the road enough times in my life. When you get out there, you don't realize how quick the cars are coming around you till you're sitting on the shoulder and cars are whizzing past you, you know, at 60, 70, 80, and even more, 80 miles an hour, you know, like where Shelly drives. So all I'm saying is, look, be careful out there. If you see the flashing lights, be there, you know, red, white, and blue, or the yellows, you know, the ambers for, like, the MoDOT people and the tow trucks and things like that, although a lot of tow trucks have gone to red, white, and blues, but that's all another story because in Missouri it's legal in other states. It's not, but be careful. I mean, move over a lane, you know? I mean, and when you see the MoDOT guys set up, that doesn't mean speed quicker because they're going to close the lane on you and you want to get past them in a hurry. No, be careful. You know, once again, this is my background three years I spent as a police dispatcher and too many times too many times I made calls to you know ambulance service to fire departments when people would report accidents to us too many times and it changed my life it really did I mean all you have to do is like your daughter we could get your daughter on here and your daughter was a paramedic and she's you yes. know, now an ICU nurse she's worked in the emergency rooms at some of the you know hospitals around St. Louis now that she's a nurse Yes, I mean, she could tell her, you, her specialty is actually in uh, emergency medical, emergency medicine. Right. She could tell you some stories. And sometimes, yeah, she could. sometimes, you know, like, like, for example, this horrendous story about the three kids who were killed out in West County, you know, and turns out, I mean, the story gets more bizarre that they were like at somebody's house and the police came to the door, you know, to talk to the parents about it after this accident. They said, oh, no, the kids were upstairs. No, they weren't. They snuck out. And they were driving around, and they got killed. Three of them did. Or I think there were five of them in the car. You know, once again, I'm a guy who typed those reports back in the day. I'm the guy who, when police officers went and did these, you know, and fortunately I never had to do any notification because that was always police officers. Show up at some of his door, you know, hey, you know, are you Mrs. So-and-so? Mrs. So-and-so, we have some terrible news for you. Blah, 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 blah. You know the rest of the story. You know, terrible thing. So especially this time of the year. You know, I think it gets even more... You know, when people are like in the lovey-dovey mood with the holidays. Oh, it's Christmas. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and every year this happens. Every year I get at least 30 or 40 women that show up with engagement rings and want to marry me. And I always say, no, I'm sorry. can't be married. What did you just say? <laughs> I knew that would get your attention. No, I, I. you have my attention. I just didn't hear what you said. I said every year around this time, 30 or 40 women show up with engagement rings and they want to marry me. So. 30 or 40 women show up at what? They show up with engagement rings and they want to marry me. Oh, I, I can... <laughs> 
<laughs> my, fo- my phone's going off now. <laughs> here's here's one L M F A O. No, actually, thirty or forty women <laughs> that know me say. I would. That's the last guy I would ever get married to. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's the universal thing. You know, once again, I am damaged goods. I am truly damaged goods. And any woman in her right Stop mind, it. any woman in her wrong mind would have nothing to do with me. So that's it's crazy. Like, I don't know why in the world you're on the air with me. Hey, I happen to like being on the air with you, Brad. You poor gal. You poor... And I'm, I'm sorry that you're... Uh... What's that called? Harem is... Uh... Yeah, my harem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Once Do again... they come up to you and say, I want to marry you? I want to have your children? No. No, they don't want to have your children because I think they're probably past the, the childbearing years. But um, they want to take you to exotic ports of call? No, nobody wants to take me because, I don't... once again, they can't take me to exotic ports of call because, once again, I don't have a passport. <laughs> but you have a real ID. Which is no good, because I told you my job I'm applying for. <laughs> they ask for everything that the real ID. And, I, and matter of fact, the smartest woman in the world sent me the thing that, that apparently that that will change once everybody gets the real ID. When you go to apply for a job, you won't have to show the I-9 stuff. Remember, I was complaining about I had to get an I-9 because I had to show them an American citizen, all that kind of crap. You know, and and I had to, you know, you have to show people that you're an American citizen. That's what. Like, if I went for a job, yes, that is. I would have to show that I'm an American citizen. That's what the I nine is. That's why it's called. uh, That's called like like immigration nine or something like that. I nine documents. Okay, let me read it here. But I mean, an American citizen who's like lived here their whole life. I nine uh, I documents that establish both identity and employment authorization. Uh, you have to, and essentially, it, it it proves that you are an American citizen. That's what the I nine is. Is it proves it? Uh, I have uh, never been asked, "Are you an American citizen?" Uh, she, uh, she, uh, the smartest woman in the world says you can get a passport in two days or less. I don't think so anymore. There used to be a service that did that, and if I'm not mistaken, my son called me about this because my son, one my one of my sons, had to travel out of the country, didn't have a passport. And we talked about this. Those services, we used to be able to get a passport in two days. You can't do it anymore. They shut it down. Smartest woman in the world, you might want to check that. I believe that's the case because the way they did was they walked. You know, you, there was companies in, in D.C. where you could contact them, and they would walk your application into whatever office it is, you know, Department of State, I don't know, State Department, whatever it is. And they would walk your application and physically process it, and then they would FedEx you back your your passport I. If I remember reading something where they shut those down because you can't walk into people's offices anymore, so they can't do it anymore. So you might want to chuck the smartest woman in the world because I think I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay, we're way behind. Actually, we're ahead, but we're behind. If that makes any sense, it's your fault. It is my this fault. This time, every every mistake that's made on my radio station, every problem in life is my fault. So oh, we're going to take a break. I wish you had never. It's true. Heard that saying, Billy Jean. I'm telling you. Not, yeah, I know not who it's J-E-A-N, from. but G-E-N-E. Everything is my fault, and it is. 701. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1. AM 1350 crap and 104.5 KSOQ. We're all on the Trimalcast 706. This is BS in the Morning. Our web address is bsinthemorning.show. Okay, Shelly and I were both invited to 
an event last night called Protecting Religious Freedom Event. And it was uh, hosted by the Church of Gre- uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the one out in, in uh, Lake St. Louis, right there in Hinkey Road. Yes. And the two special guests were Jeremiah Morgan, who is the Deputy Attorney General of the State of Missouri, and Stephen Colas, who is a religious freedom scholar, an attorney, author, and law professor at the University of Texas, Austin. There were all sorts of different people, all sorts of different stripes, people there from different religions. It was fascinating. And what he was talking about was um, that religious freedom, it's guaranteed in the First Amendment, but according to what he was saying, that there are very few law schools that teach that anymore. They teach freedom of speech as far as in politics and things like that, but they don't teach freedom of religion, which I find fascinating. Why is that? That was one of the tenets that our country was founded upon. If you know your history, the reason that most of our founders were from England, and in England they had one religion, the Church of England, and you had no choice. You couldn't be a Jew or a Christian or whatever. You had to be Church of England, and that was one of the things that the founders of our country didn't like, that they said if you want to you know, worship whatever God you want to worship, you should be able to worship that God. Now, it is sort of interesting because they did put things like in God we trust on our money and stuff like that. And even to the point where um, I think Franklin County Sheriff's Department still has in God we trust on the back of their squad cars, which I'm thinking to myself, that's interesting. Um, You know, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I mean, it's to the point where nowadays if you say something like that, you know, somebody comes and sues you. You know, the ACLU comes and we're going to sue you because you can't say God. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, but I I get it that that what the founders of our country didn't like was they had a religion forced upon them, and they felt that there should be free expression of religion, and supposedly that's well not supposedly that's in the First Amendment, but yet anyway it was pretty interesting. Caleb did an excellent job. Um, Caleb is this amazing guy, and I want to sound like he's like my bromance because, you know, I mean, him and I don't hang out. I mean, he's never asked me to fly with him, which I think is sad because I could show him, do a couple loops and things like that. You know, being an ex-helicopter pilot, you know, if you, it's, you know, you know, flying a heli, once you learn how to fly a helicopter, flying a plane is like, you know, you can fall asleep flying a plane. You know, helicopter, you got to be on your toes all the time. I could do a couple loops with, you know, Caleb, he's, oh, stop it, right? Don't you think? Yeah, you could you could show him the moves for sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, he put the whole thing together. He was the moderator for it, and then he got he would he did such a good job. Those women from that church who sang "America the Beautiful" they were amazing, weren't they? Oh my gosh, it was it was lovely. It was truly truly lovely. Uh, then we had our 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 friend. Uh, and sponsor, thank you very much, Chris Heifel, uh, from his church, Grace River, give the uh, beginning of the invocation. Then at the end, the guy, and wh- you know, I'm going to sound really dumb when I say this. What's, what do they call the guy who is the head dude in the, at, at the Mormon church? I mean, not President. No, that's what he is. He's the president, right? Uh-huh. He's the president of that church. He's not like the pastor or the minister. He's the president, right? Correct. God, was he good or what? Yes, I mean he was. I mean, what what's interesting? <laughs> Everything was what, just what's interesting amazing. about this. This was not a, a thing where they're and and don't take this the wrong way. No. This this was not an event where they're jamming religion down your throat. Essentially, no, what they, they weren't proselytizing. What to they you. were saying was they were saying, look, everybody has a right to worship who and what and you know how whatever they want. You know that's what supposedly we're guaranteed under the First Amendment. 
And what they were saying was, through the years, it's slowly being eroded, as a lot of our freedoms are, which is sort of sad. Um, you know, and, and there were a lot of questions about, you know, separation of church and state. And obviously the questions came out about, well, how come they make you take a vaccine? It's against my religion. And there are religions like that. I, I went, I, back in the day, a girl that I went to high school with, I dated for a while. Uh, she was a Christian scientist. And I remember if we went out to, like, get something to eat, she couldn't drink, like, Coca-Cola because it had caffeine in it. If we went to, like, McDonald's, couldn't drink a Coke because they have caffeine. She had to drink, like, 7-Up or Team or something like that. Because okay. ca- caffeine was a drug, you know. And once again, I, I, I thought, and and I was, I was fascinated by it, you know. I mean, I'm the guy that's been to, <laughs> I'm the guy with the hippie mom, you know. <laughs> My mom was a hippie before hippies were hippies, and when people to this day ask me what religion are you, I don't know. And people go, well, what were you raised at? I go, I was raised at a little bit of everything. And people go, how's, so was that? I. how's that? I go, my mom took us yeah. to different churches. We went to yep. the Lutheran church. We went to the, I can, you know, I mean, probably by the time. Yes, Catholic. Pro- probably by the yep. time I was 10 years old, Synagogue. I probably went to a dozen different churches, dozen different denominations. Matter of fact, yep. <laughs> we used to go, to, this is going to date me. We used to go to Easter morning service at the North Drive-In on 367 up there in North County. At the drive-in theater. That's where we went for our Easter service. And it was like a non-denominational kind of deal. So, anyway. But now we have Chris Highfill. Well, right, which, which is interesting because his church is non-denominational. So, everybody was involved. There were a lot of politicians there last night. The women who sang uh, America the Beautiful, it was just really good. It was, it was breathtaking. I mean, I mean, you know, it's yes. one of those things where... You don't realize how good live performances are until you go to a really good one. And yes. what were there, like eight women, eight women that sang that? There was. And they were just like, I mean, some of the voices, and we're like, God, I could listen to them all night long. And it wasn't like churchy kind of stuff. Uh-uh. It was, it was really, and I mean, don't mean churchy kind of stuff. People go, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I it mean? It was more secular. Yes. I mean, it was, it was. The songs that we sing to honor our country. Right. And I talked about it last hour. I walked through the door by myself, wasn't with anybody, um, and people are greeting me. These are all the people from Caleb's church, all the, the, the Mormons there. They yep. greet me at the door. They shake my hand. They thank you, thank me for coming. They ask me, you know, if I could, they can help me find a seat, blah, 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 blah. You know, I leave. There's two or three of them at the door thanking me for being there, shaking my hand, you know, wishing me, you know, you know good evening. I'm going like... God, these people are so nice. Yeah, they they um, truly are just like Caleb. They're yeah. amazing. He's an interesting guy. I mean, he's he's he, he's he's on who, many. Caleb Hunter. Yeah, he's you know he's one of these guys that's on many different levels. And he, yeah, he's the sponsor of our show. Yeah, if he if he cancels his advertising, I'd say the same thing. Matter of fact, I'd probably even praise him even more if he canceled all his advertising. But don't get any oh, ideas. Stop don't it. get any ideas, Caleb. No, anyway. Um, he doesn't mean that, Caleb. He's a guy. We need to have you on well, here. It wouldn't be the same without you. Well, he's a guy who cares about the community on many different yes, levels. Yes, he does. Cares about the community on a religious level, on a business yes. level, on a yes. governmental level. And there aren't too many people like that anymore. I mean, nowadays everybody's like, "Well, I," you know, they like they're like a singular passion. You know, they're like a, a for abortion or against abortion. You know, they're you know, you know what I mean. It's like they have one. They're like one trick pony kind of thing. That's all they talk about. He's like a multi level kind of guy, not like multi level yes, marketing. And he, he's a good I guy. Can't even speak. Okay. Enough good things about that man. I'm going to talk about Mike Rowe. 
Mike Rowe okay. is the guy who does um, Dirty Jobs. And that show was yeah. on the air for a long time. And what's interesting is it's coming back. He says they've already done six episodes, which are going to start in January, on Discovery Channel again. I believe it was on Discovery Original, originally. And the reason for this, he says, because of the fact that more than ever, we need this, you know, we need to see these jobs that these people do that most people take for granted. You're driving along the highway. There's somebody that worked at the concrete plant that mixed that concrete that you're driving on. There's somebody who poured that concrete. There's somebody who built the equipment that, to, you know, that, that made that road possible. There's somebody that, that, you know, there's a foundry that made the rebar that's inside the concrete. There's somebody who made the steel for those guardrails. You know, there's somebody who goes out and put those guardrails up, and you don't know who those people are. And that, that's what it shows about. He talked about two things, and he said, this is what's wrong with America. And there's two words he used, with, which, and I couldn't agree with him more. You know what the two words are? No. Risk and safety. Risk and safety? Risk and safety. And he said, I've said this exact same thing. The St. Louis area. Why is the St. Louis area called the gateway to the West? Do you know the answer to this question? Why do we have a gateway arch? Do you know, you know why that is? It has something to do with the river, doesn't it? Nope. It has to do with the fact that when... The uh, and keep in mind that Missouri was a state in 1821, um, and up until that point, Missouri was not one of the United States. But back in the day, in the 1800s, for the most part, not too much in the 1700s, but the 1800s and you know, and the early to mid 1800s, people made their way to St. Louis. St. Louis was like the last place on the frontier. This was it. And they came to St. Louis. <laughs> Does that mean we're the final frontier? No, no, no. no. I, mean, I mean, once again, when you came here, people came here to explore, to move west. The way, what they call the, and the museum in the, at the bottom of the arch used to be the Westward Expansion Memorial or something like that. And yeah, that's, it that, does. That's the history of St. Louis. People came here. They came here they, you know, because there was a city, and this was like the last city. There was nothing west of here. Kansas City wasn't much of all. You know, now it's, you know, great city, but... Back in the day, it wasn't much. People came here. They bought wagons. They bought horses. They bought, you know, supplies, and they headed west, okay, on the Overland Trail. I drove by there yesterday after Mike Rowe talked about it, and I took a picture. Of, there's a marker, and I can tell you exactly where it's at. It's an Overland on the corner of Lackland and Walton Road. There's a big old monster's water tank sitting right there, a American City's big wa- monster water tank. Not one in the air, but it's one on the ground. If you go, it would be on the, trying to think, it would be on the northeast corner it's sort of there's a sort of a triangle there there's a the, the water tower is like on a triangle but on the corner of walton and 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 lackland there's a marker there's two markers one of them has a marker that talks about once upon a time this was the home of a, a place called the six mile road or something like that and it was like the 12 mile road because it was 12 miles from downtown st louis can't remember which one it is but on the ground there's a marker dedicated to the overland trail and mike Rowe talked about the fact that people and he didn't specifically mention St. Louis, but he talked about keep people headed west in the Overland Trail from St. Louis. And once they got out of the city of St. Louis, they didn't have a phone to dial 911. They didn't have government to come help them out. They didn't have anybody. They were on their own. If somebody got sick along the way, there was no hospital. There was no, there was no emergency service. There was no ambulance to come pick them up. If they got attacked by robbers, Indians, whoever they got attacked by, 
They had to fight themselves off. They, were, they didn't dial 911. Police didn't show up. There wasn't a SWAT team that came. They took risks, and they essentially they knew that their safety was diminished. And he kept talking about this. It was pretty interesting. And he talked about this, and, and he said, here's the problem we've got right now, is that he gave an example. He says that when a company says, our safety is your primary concern, an airline says, you know, our safety is your primary concern, he said, that's a lie. And to a certain extent, it is a lie because of the fact that if safety was their primary concern, they wouldn't charge you any money. You're right. They just say, hey, fly for free. We're going to take all the money. You know, uh, we're, we, you know we, we're just going to do this for free because we're safety freaks. And the idea being that every single day you take risks. But the problem is, as we get more complacent in our society, we are willing to take less and less risks. And we want our safety insured to a higher degree every single day. We don't want to eat a bad piece of food because of the fact that we don't want to get food poisoning. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to do this because, you know, and and he brought it around to the COVID-19 thing, which makes perfect sense. If I said to you, Shelly, there's a chance that I could be killed on the highway today. When I'm going to a meeting at noon, wherever I'm going today, there's a chance that I could get killed on the highway. And you said, well, I'm from the government. I don't want you to get killed. I'm not going to allow you to drive today. That was his point. His point is we take inherent risks every day, but the problem is we become less and less risk takers. And he talked about the people that settled this country. Walking out of your house anymore is a risk. But the point being is that everybody's so concerned about safety that statistics don't lie. If they're, they're, unfortunately, there will be, in the state of Missouri, there will be people killed on the interstates today. There will, unfortunately, be people killed all over the country today. There will be people on job sites today who will be killed. They'll fall off a scaffolding. They'll get hit by a crane or something like that, smashed by a bulldozer, whatever. There will be people killed today. There will be people who, who you know, uh, have serious injuries because of the fact that they did something stupid or something happened. They were at work and a piece of part flew off a machine and hit them in the head and killed them. That's just going to happen. We can't, and essentially his point was, we can't just wrap ourselves in gauze and essentially say, well, I don't want anything to happen to me. Because of the fact that you look at where our history is, you know, our history is and was a history of risk-taking. This country was was founded on people taking risks. They came to the United States. There was nothing here. You know, they they formed a country. They fought the British. You know, once again, the British who had this, you know, at the time, the British were like the world power. You know, and we fought them and we beat them. You know, we took a risk. These people who signed the Declaration of Independence, if the, if, you know, the British would have won the Revolutionary War, they would have all been killed. They would have been executed. They took risks. They disregarded their safety and they took risks. And this was his point. Nobody wants to take any risk. I shouldn't say it's nobody. There are people that take risks. But he said that everybody wants guarantees of safety and they want minimization of risks. And what it's made us into? A bunch of wimps. A bunch of wimps. I say this about the schools. The crap next week. Oh, we're going to have a whole week off. Hazelwood and all these other districts are going to have a whole week off because mental health. You know what they should be doing? The kids should be going to school five days a week next week, and the teachers should be saying, okay, 
We're not going to pull this, this, you know, this, oh, mental health is tough anymore. We're going to be tough. We're going to learn to survive in our, in our time. We're going to learn, you know, when you kids are growing up, guess what? This is not the first time you're going to have adversity. There's going to be lot, lots of adversity in life. There's going to be lots of problems you're going to run into. There's going to be other scourges. There's going to be other, you know, illnesses. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. You're going to be faced with, you know, life and death situations at many point in your life. Get used to it. Suck it up, buttercup. Learn to be a tough human being. Learn to deal with risks and learn to, you know, not disregard safety, but take safety and risk-taking to a tolerable level, not an insane level, where you have to have a whole week off because we have to get mental illness, we have to get our heads together. That's teaching our kids to be a bunch of damn wimps. I'm sorry, I said it. Do you feel better? Well, you know, what bothers me is I wish... And you're going to laugh when I tell you this. I wish my childhood would have been much tougher than it was. I wish it would have been terrible, tough, because those are the people I see that succeed. The people that got their teeth kicked in, the te- people that, that had a tough life because they learned to deal with adversity and they moved on. You know, and I think what's even to the point where you're starting to see it happen with our military, like the wokeness that has invaded the military. Remember that stupid uh, General Milley when they asked him, he says, well, I think it's important that we have, you know, that we're, you know, know, we're sensitive to. I mean, it's the military. They teach people to kill people. That's what their job is. Their job is to protect us. And if they have to, they use lethal force to protect us. The same with the police. They're taught to, you know, go into situations. And if the and if the stuff hits the fan, what do you call it again? The defecation context, the rotary oscillator? They are told, you know, they are taught to deal with it with lethal force. That is unfortunately a fact of our life. There are cretins out there, just like these creepy guys, and I don't know if it's thing, it's probably not women, that are driving around the St. Louis area, knocking in all the car windows, stealing stuff, you know, where, where you know, like every night we hear, well, last night they were at, they were down in Chesterfield Valley, they're at the main event, you know, and the night before that they were at the Blues game. I mean, you know, once again, because these guys know if they get caught, eh, no big deal. Eh, they may spend a couple months in jail, and eh, they'll be back out. But yet, if if they realize that there were guys hiding in the cars, and you know, let's say you know, and 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 the guys had shotguns, and when the window comes breaking out, you know, window comes breaking in, a shotgun blast comes out of the car. Guess what? They wouldn't be knocking in windows in cars, right? Right. <laughs> but once again, if you did that, they go, oh, my God, you murdered a guy. He was just breaking into your car. You have to draw the line in the sand somewhere. You have to essentially say, look, this is the way it's going to be. You know, you violated the law. Guess what? You pay the consequences. But, of course, we see that with the, with the, 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 Kyle, the Kyle trial uh, in Kenosha. And we'll talk about the NBC thing in a couple of minutes, which is sort of weird. But anyway, risk and safety. Think about it for a minute. Risk and safety. I will. Those poor, uh, those three poor MoDOT workers, two of them got killed. They had a job that had risk. Tragic. They tried to, they, they did what they could to provide safety for them. Unfortunately, yes, in that situation yesterday, it wasn't enough. And they took the risk. They knew the risk of working out there in the highway. Unfortunately, the, the, the odds were against them yesterday. That's life. And I don't mean to sound callous on that, but that's just the way it is. If you want to, if you want to sit in your house all day long, you know, I mean, and to the point where, like, for example, that, that plane crash that happened, what is it, was it Phoenix or a couple weeks ago, where the UPS driver got killed by the plane that crashed on him. 
I mean, what are the odds of you being a UPS driver and have a plane come out of the sky and crash into your truck and kill you? The guy took a risk. Not, not a lot. Well, I mean, probably 42 billion to one. You know, yeah. but once again, you know, the UPS guys, they take risks all the time. They're on the highway. They drive around. They could be eaten by, you know, bitten by dogs when they're delivering packages. They could slip and fall on the ice. They could have accidents, you know, that kind of stuff. They, they, uh, they know the risks, and they take them. Okay, I'm done now. Now you're done. <laughs> it's 7.26. Mike Rowe, he got me in trouble. I'm sorry. He could have done much better than I did it. The guy's pretty good. I wish I was as good as him. wish I had as much money as he did. 7.27. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1, my new favorite song, that's Walker Hayes. That's the non-country version we play, which has Kesha in it. If you listen to WIL or The Bull, you will not hear their version. You'll just hear Walker Hayes do the entire song. Isn't that crazy how they do different versions of that now? We have, it is. We have the country version. I love and, that song. <laughs> it is so fun and fresh. I know. It's, it's, it is. That one and Let Me Do What I Do or something like that. I can't remember. Something like that. Shelly's right on top of the music. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know. I just listen to the beat. I don't even know what the music are. Excuse me, the music names are, or, or actually the performers. I just like the beat, and I like the way it makes me feel. You know, I'm going to change subjects here. You know who was in Kenosha yesterday at the Kyle trial? Who? Pinky and Stripes. You had said that. Yeah. I should have known that because you had said that yesterday. Well, I think. yesterday they got into a big. Well, they didn't. Some lady came up and was just in in Pinky's face. If you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the yeah, McCluskeys. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, and she was just reaming him out about how he was a terrible person, blah, 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 blah. And how he was he, he aimed his gun at all those people, and she was like a BLM person, and he was terrible because he was anti-black. And, and, and once again, Stripes... Stripes is looking good. I, I don't know what happened to Stripes. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad, but when we met her, it did not look like the same woman, right? No. I mean, I she's she looks like if you saw a picture of her holding that gun and you saw a picture of her yesterday, you would not think it's the same woman. It's like no, twenty years at least. Yeah, it it looks. It but lo- that's what you look like when you've got the weight <laughs> of the world literally on your back. What you're saying, you look older, and when you you got yes. when you got a gun on people. So if you yes. pick up a gun, you you pick up ten years. <laughs> don't say that. No. Women will never buy guns anymore because I don't want to own a gun. It'll make me look ten years older. When we are under distress. Yeah. Which clearly they were, right. and rightfully so. They thought they were. I'm sorry? They thought they were. That's the whole issue. They thought they were. And well, of course, anybody would think that well, they were. You know, I, But I don't want to get into that. What I want to get into is that when we saw her, she, you know, she was in a familiar territory. She didn't have, you know, I don't know how many people coming up to her and... and Anyway, it was just it was just a good venue, a good environment. Well, anyway, when yesterday the video was, uh, this black woman came up and just reamed him out, talking about he was a horrible person. She's just yelling and screaming. And you know what's interesting? He didn't say a word. He just stood there. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? That's probably the best thing you could have done. Cause was this not... last night? It was yesterday. It was up in Kenosha. You know, he's up there oh, because. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 she, and, and finally he walked away. She follows him. 
And, the, you know, like there's cameras all around him. There's gazillion cameras around him. Everybody's around him, okay? And he's just like, you know, and finally he sort of turns to one of the cameras and say, hey, you know, like, look, and he, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, you know, hey, we're just here to, you know, to, to because we've been in the same situation. We've been in a situation where our lives were threatened. Now, once again, when he says that, I'm going like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, I think that's taken a little bit too far. When he said, you know, he's at a mansion in the Central West End and a bunch of people break a gate and they're going to see the mayor. They weren't coming after him. They were, you know, but they once again, they were trespassing on his property, which once again is against the law. If you put up trespassing signs, no trespassing signs on your property, or like we've taught people, and if the hunters know this, but if you purple paint things, you know what purple paint law is, right? I've told you that story before. You know purple paint, right? Yes. Okay, purple Because paint. of you. Yeah, purple paint is a law that started in Arkansas. Missouri was like the second state. There. I think there's like a dozen states have it right now. If you are a property owner, and this specifically is to the rural property, if you have a piece of property that you want to keep the hunters out of, or people are coming stealing crops for you, they're coming, you know, pulling apples off your apple orchard or whatever, if you paint sticks, telephone poles, you know, signposts, if you paint them purple, and they're at least 100 feet apart, no, long, no, no more than 100 feet apart, that's no trespassing. It's called the purple paint law. And if you paint, like, you know, poles, whatever, and the idea being is in the rural area, if you had, like, an area where you don't want hunters in, you just take a couple of trees and you just grab a spray can of paint and you paint a, a purple band around a tree, you know, at least every, you know, 90 feet or so. It, ha- it can't be more than 100 feet. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't apply. So, in other words, every 100 feet, you got to have the marker. This has, you know, and it could be a fence post. It could be a telephone pole. Whatever. You paint it purple. And that's no trespassing. And that's a law. And if you are, you know, matter of fact, there's lots of country songs written about that. Matter of fact, if, if, if the one the one Keith Urban song, that's all, all it's about. You know, the, uh, the cop car is in the back of the cop car. You know what they got arrested for? What? Trespassing. That's how, that's how he ended up with his girlfriend in the back of the cop car. You know what, What's the name of that song? In the back of the cop car. It was not, it's not one of my favorite Keith Urban songs. So, okay, the interesting thing that came yesterday was the judge threw out NBC, actually specifically MSNBC. Do you know why? Why? Supposedly, and MSNBC is, is saying no. The way this is working, they're not sequestering the jury. The jury's allowed to go home. But what happens is, apparently... They have a secret location where all the jurors show up, and they change this every day. The jurors are told, uh, you know, when they leave for the day, okay, tomorrow we will meet you, blah, blah, blah. And they have a location, and they park their cars, and they get into a, a, a bus with the windows are all blacked out. And the bus drops them off at the courthouse. They get out of the, the bus, go into the courthouse, do their jury duties. At the end of the day, they leave the jury room, go out of the courthouse, get back into the bus, and the bus drops them off at the secret location. They get in their cars, and they drive home. Well, supposedly, yesterday, one of the reporters from MSNBC, or not, not yesterday, but the night before, Wednesday night, followed the bus and was trying to figure out where the bus was going. And when the bus was driving along in Kenosha, the bus went through a traffic light, and as the bus went through, the traffic light turned yellow, and then turned red, and the dude, the NB- MSNBC dude, blew the stoplight and went through it. And the cops nailed him, and they arrested him. Well, they didn't arrest him. They pulled him over for, for uh, you know, running the red light. And he sort of admitted to him that he was told to do that, 
that he was a producer of some kind of, and now it claims they now it comes out NBC, MSNBC. Well, he didn't really work for us. He was a freelancer. He was you know a guy which is hired on the side, and we never told him to follow the bus. But he claims that he's got the name and the phone number of the producer that told him follow the bus, find out who these people are. Is that spooky or what? It's um. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about it, actually. Well, people are also saying that the, the, you know, the, the, the jury should have been sequestered. They should never have been allowed to go home. And then the thing that happened yesterday, and this is like, this is like new territory in, le- in the legal thing. The deal with the video, you know what I'm talking about with the drone video? Have you heard this part of the story? No. Okay, there's a thing called discovery, and I'm not a lawyer, don't play one on TV, but... It's not like the old days where Perry Mason, where, you know, Perry Mason would open up his briefcase and have a piece of evidence which totally blew the case open and, you know, oh, my God, where did he get that? You know, you can't do that anymore. Everybody has to, you know, you have to share what you have as evidence with both sides. If you're a prosecution witness, you have to share everything. Or the prosecution side, you have to say everything, save, uh, share anything with the defense, vice versa. If you're a defense, you have to share everything with the prosecution. So there's a drone video that they, that they played at the trial. But the problem is the version, the, the copy that the prosecution had was high def. And the version they gave to the defense was like grainy, like, you know, 320p kind of stuff. You know, like as, as, as opposed to like 1080p, it was like 320 low res kind of video. And they're going like, whoa, hold on a minute. This isn't fair. You guys showed the high def version in the courtroom and you give us the low def version. And the reason that's important is because in the high-def version, it can show, it showed much more of the movements of this first guy we shot, this Rosenbaum guy, the first guy that he shot, and it shows the movements of Kyle Rittenhouse in much more detail than the one that the version that the defense had. And they're trying to get a mistrial on this. And I'm going like, okay, once again, this is new ground and legal because of the fact that did the defense, did the prosecution give the defense a copy of the video? Yeah, they did. But was it a great copy? No, it wasn't. So when the judge is quizzing down the prosecution about, well, how in the world did you guys get the high-definition version, and why did you give the low-definition version to the defense, the prosecutor's going, uh, I'm not a techno guy. Uh, uh, uh. He's doing one of those things, like, you know, like okay, right. You know, <laughs> right. You're not the techno guy. Who is the techno guy? Let me bring him up here. Let's talk to him. You know, which I think is fascinating because they're trying, they're trying, they've already tried mistrial, um, you know, uh, they're trying to, you know, get a mistrial with, with, with prejudice. You know what that, you know what that is with, you know, with, without, you know what that's all about? I, I've heard that, but I don't really know if, what it means. If you ask the judge to dismiss, dismiss a case with prejudice, which means, and the judge says, I agree, I take your motion. I will. I'm now dismissing this case with prejudice. Means that it can't be refiled. So, in other words, it's done. So, if you were, let's say, you were pulling the court on, I don't know, domestic abuse. You you beat your dog up or something like that. And 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 someone said, you know, someone said, well, she's really a nice person. Dismiss the case with prejudice, which means the judge would say, okay, fine, Shelley, you're off the hook. You know, no problem. Case is over. But if without prejudice means they can refile it. So in other words, with prejudice means it's done, can't be refiled, case is closed. Without prejudice means the particular trial is over or whatever the motion is over, but yet it can be refiled. So in other words, there's something that came up in the case that was hinky and the judge says, okay, you know, I'm dismissing this for the time being, but it can be refiled. 
So they're trying to, and it's interesting because they filed with without prejudice, which means that the case can be heard over again. And they're saying that the defense did this on purpose because they want to retry the case. Because now they know the, where the prosecutor is going with this, and they can better defend Kyle Rittenhouse on that. That's a couple of legal, legal experts said. And I thought it was fascinating. And then I heard last night, I heard this, this guy who was this, this, this self-defense expert who's an attorney on one of the other stations, and it was fascinating what he was talking about, about how, you know, this is like a classic case of self-defense and, you know, and, and talked about, you know, like, like, you know, this is the crazy thing. A lot of people carry guns nowadays. And the last thing you want to do is ever have to use it. The last thing you ever want to do is have ever pull it. Because nowadays, if you pull a gun, you could be thrown in jail for that. Just like Unless if, you grab them and bring well, them into your house no, or your no, no, car, no, no, right? No. Like, let's say, let's say you're in a parking lot. Let's say, let's say Shelly, you carry a gun. And I know you don't, but let's say you do. Let's say you're in a parking lot, and a guy comes up to you, and he says, Hey, give me 10 bucks. And you say... Sorry, I'm not going to give you 10 bucks. And he grabs you by the arm and says, give me 10 bucks. And you pull a gun out of your purse. That guy could go to the police and say, she threatened me with a gun. And the police would go, well, did you threaten him with a gun? Well, yeah, I pulled a gun out. Why did you do that? Well, he, he wanted 10 bucks. Why did you pull a gun? Because he grabbed my arm. So then it becomes, you know, he said, she said, literally and figuratively with you because he can say, well, she threatened me with a gun. I never, I never, I never grabbed her. I just asked her for $10. So then you're the you're the one that goes to jail because you you pulled a gun on him. That's why these knuckleheads driving down a highway, you know, are, are like, you know, who are like firing their guns out the window. It's like, okay, those are the bad guys. And anybody who's gone to like firearms training, like, okay, you don't do that. You know, you just don't do that. That's that's the that's the the the, the no go list. You know. I do know. I just got a marriage proposal. That doesn't surprise me. You get them all the time. <laughs> Who's it from? Oh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> somebody, Do I know this person? Somebody heard me earlier about... <laughs> no, you don't. And nobody knows this person. <laughs> it's a joke. Trust me. <laughs> If I told you who it was, you wouldn't believe it. I love to be your pimp, Brad. <laughs> you what? I love to be your pimp. Love to be my pimp? Yeah. Oh, God. Shelly, if you only knew. I mean, I have the world's worst life. You know? I have the world's worst life. I feel sorry for my ex-wife. I feel sorry for my kids. You know, they could have had a much better father than me. Trust me. I really. Why do, do you say things like that? It's true. I really do feel that way. I feel I've let them down. You know, one of those things. Yeah, I kind of get that. I, I have felt like that. But then Tiffany gives me this um, thing that it's it's like, um, it's a little craftsy thing. And it's got a magnet on the back. And so I sit it in my car. And yeah, I have stuff on my dashboard on my Lincoln. Isn't that funny? But um, it sits on my car and it says, I love that you're my mom. See. You can tell that Shelly is a little bit into the uh, look at look at me. I'm, I'm important, and I got money. She says she doesn't drive a car. She drives a Lincoln. No, <laughs> I just say that it's kind of like well, Shelly. So I, you've got you've got 
you know, a, a luxury car, and oh, you now have it's now it's a, a now it's a luxury a shim, car, a shimmying um, luau girl on the um, dashboard. Now it's a luxury car. It's Lincoln's luxury car. Shelly, I'm going to make you jealous. You know what I was driving last night? What? I was driving my $500 car. Yes, it's my $500 car. Aren't you jealous? I paid $500 for it. I paid $500. Five, five, five $100 bills I paid for that car. Aren't you jealous that I have a $500 car? <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know how to respond to you, Brad. You want to throat punch me, right? <laughs> Oh, so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's seven forty seven. It is indeed. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the morning on KSLQ and Westplex one oh seven one. Westplex one oh seven point one, that keeps dropping out. Drives me nuts. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No. It, this is BS in the morning. Technical problem here. BS in the morning. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 crap, and KSOQ 104.5. Web address for all three stations is BS in the morning dot show. That's the morning show. Once again, get the bell ring ready. Ready, Shelley. We need yep. we need people to ring bells. Salvation. That's an official official Salvation Army bell. We need bell ringers. You can go to register to ring dot com. You can register to ring uh, to ring as an individual, as a group, or even virtually. All information right there, registeredring.com. Check out the how easy it is to do it. You'll have fun. It's enjoyable. We've done it. We've done it many times. Um, it's very nice to have people come and thank you for you know helping the Salvation Army. I think they're a great organization. You may not, but I know lots of good things they do, and I like people to do things and are somewhat selfless, and I think that's the Salvation Army people. But that's just me. I think they're good people, and we are going to be out tonight at the Darden Prairie City Hall uh, for the official tree lighting ceremony, which kicks yes, off to uh, kick off the season, right? Which officially kicks off the bell ringing season. Uh, this is a joint venture. Actually, it's actually put on by the Darden Prairie City Hall people, and they are nice enough to include the Sal- the Salvation Army people in there. And that will be tonight at the Darden Prairie City Hall, right off of 364, right there at Hanley. I think that's the name of the street it's on. And you get off at uh, you get off at Bryan, uh, go west. Uh, you go down the highway. Old Highway N, which I think they still call Outer 364 or something like that. Now, they changed the name of it. Anyway, you, you take the first traffic light south of 364. You go west. You go to the next traffic light. Actually, you go to two traffic lights. You make a right, and it's right in the right. You can't miss it. 630 to 830. It's a great event. Santa will be there. Kids love it. Lots of stuff for the kids to do. Uh, cookies, uh, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Coffee, all that kind of stuff. It's all there tonight, 630 to 830 tonight. Be there or be square. Okay. One last thing to talk about this morning. I got myself in trouble in a couple of things. It's it's interesting when I'm having people who are texting me going like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. You know, if if I say enough goofy stuff, I could end up on Real Talk 93.3. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, although... Oh, Rick doesn't trust radio people, which I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm scratching my head on that one. But <laughs> you know what I'm going to talk about? What? I don't trust real estate people. Because you know why? Why? It happened to me again yesterday. Okay? 
I do not own this particular piece of real estate. I have since sold it. It's no longer mine. But for some crazy reason, I still come up on all these goofy guys' reports that I own this piece of real estate. And which is sort of funny because it's some service they subscribe to. It's all these, I will call them bottom-feeding real estate agents. And you know what I'm talking about. I had one piece, I do. I had one piece of property that a guy sent me a legal document saying he was going to pay me many, many, many thousands of dollars for the piece of property. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. And I said, and he said, sign the agreement and we'll set up a closing date. I signed the agreement, sent it back to him. And then I kept calling him. Hey, when are we going to close? When are we going to close? When are we going to close? Ah, I'm still working on it, working on it. And then like two months later, oh, I went by and took a look at the property. I'm not interested anymore. I'm going like, dude, then why did you send me this stupid letter? Because it's some goofy thing they subscribe to, which automatically makes phone calls, makes test messages. And the one I got yesterday, this guy calls me up and he says, uh, you own the property at so-and-so and so-and-so, even though I don't anymore? I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, you want to sell? I go, yeah. He goes, I go, name me a price. Well, I don't know. I go, name me a price. So here's what I do to him, and it ticks him off. I say to him, what kind of car do you drive? And this guy says, well, I drive a Ram pickup truck. I go, what year? It's 2021. Okay, I'll give you $5,000 for it. Well, I wouldn't sell for $5,000. I go, okay, well, I just made you an offer. And you can say, I won't, get, I won't sell it for $5,000, but I'll sell it for $25,000. Okay, fine. I said, I said to the guy, make me an offer. He won't make me an offer. I go, and, and you know, the other crazy thing is, this is the thing that drives me nuts. These guys, you hear the ads on the radio, we'll buy your house cash. That's a lie. They don't have cash. They won't give you cash. They'll give you a check. And, we, and when you say to them, we go, well, what about cash? Well, the cash, a check's cash. No, it's not. Go to the store. The sign that says, says sorry, we don't take checks. <laughs> they take cash. They don't take checks. Well, it's the same thing. No, it's not. Cash is cash. Cash is folding money. Cash is, is Benjamins and Hamiltons and, and Lincolns and Washingtons. You know, and that's what cash is. A check is a check. Well, it's a cashier's check. It's a check. I don't care what it is. It's not cash. How many times have you heard these stories about these guys go around the country that run these scams where they buy people's cars off Craigslist with certified checks, and the checks are phony? You know what I mean? I mean, cash is cash. You can take a $1 bill, look at it, and go, yep, this is a real $1 bill. You can take a look at the 100 You can see the little security stripe. Through it. Yep, this is a real 100 Give me the cash. So anyway, last night when I was with you at the event, the guy texts me back. <laughs> Remember I showed you that? He's going yeah. to pay me $20,000 for three pieces of property that are worth, I don't know, maybe $100,000, but they're not even mine anymore. And I'm going like, and the crazy thing is, you know what this scam this guy's pulling? The phone number is a local phone number. It's a 314 number. I asked the guy, I said, well, come over and meet me right now. Oh, I'm good. Why not? I'm in Los Angeles. I go, you're in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. I go, don't even live here? No, I don't live here. I just subscribe to the service. I just try to buy pieces of property all over the country. I go, dude, give me a break. You know, I'm so <laughs> goodbye, sir. I'm so well, I, I'm so you know I'm so sick of these these phony baloney real estate people. Yeah, and, and there's tons of them out there. And then Rick, there is. And then Rick Ellis says he doesn't trust radio people. Good grief! I don't trust real estate people. How about that? With what we're doing down with, with what we're dealing with down at the lake, trying to sell that property down there, it's. Uh, I don't trust real estate people either. <laughs> well, and I'm not broad brushing. There are a lot of good real estate people. We've got them some of, some of them here on the really radio are. station. But there are a lot of scummy ones out there too. And these guys who are chasing really these crazy are. deals. Hey, I'll give you five. You know, these guys. Hey, uh, you know, the, the you know the We Buy Ugly Houses guys. I mean, that's a reputable company. 
they're they're unlegit. But there are a lot of guys doing that same thing that are scamsters. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just what they are, and that's what this guy was. He's a scam guy. He's not even in St. Louis. He's got a. I go. Well, you got a three. Well, I whenever I call a different area, I use a different phone number. I get a Goog- different Google phone number because that way it makes it look like I'm a local guy. Okay, fine. Had enough of you. Okay, we're done, Shelley. See you tonight at six thirty. Okay. Peace, everybody. Have a great weekend, and uh, I fly. Bye, Brad.